Welcome to Would You Rather, a podcast where two Cosmos newsroom journalists go head-to-head with science on some of the silliest questions imaginable. I'm Jacinta Bola. I got to smell the corpse flower while it bloomed at the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. And I'm Ima Perfetto, and I got to present the winner of Australian Mammal of the Year at the Adelaide Zoo. Oh, I forgot about that. The Adelaide Zoo was the best. (laughs) I loved it. Everyone should go to Adelaide Zoo. Anyway, today we're talking about a plague of biblical proportions. You've probably heard of them. You know, those 10 plagues of Egypt. (laughs) It's crazy that there's 10, though. Like, that seems like way too many. Um, Okay, let's see if I can name them off the top of my head. So we've we've got locusts, obviously. That's an easy one. Water to blood feels like another one I can remember. Is an actual plague one? Boils. Ah, of course. (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure that the bacteria that causes the plague actually does kind of give a sort of boil called buboes, I think. Anyway, but I think those are like swollen lymph nodes, not actually boils. But so kind of, not really. Okay, I can get the rest of them because I, you know, I watched The Prince of Egypt like 100,000 times when I was a child. Um, I've got you. We've got (laughs) frogs. We've got lice, flies, livestock pestilence, um, hail, darkness, and um, the killing of firstborn children, unfortunately. Oof, that last one really steps it up a notch there, doesn't it? Um, That's, yeah, not a plague I would like to have to endure. But let's leave that one to the side for the moment. The would you rather question we're unpacking today is amphibians versus arthropods. Would you rather a biblical plague of frogs or locusts? The true question of our time. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner is the one which would be less horrific. I feel like we should say that now because otherwise it could get a bit messy later on. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to start us off pretty strong with the obvious winner here, which is a flag of a flag of frogs. A flag of frogs. <laughs> a flag of frogs. <laughs> Just in time. First off, personally, I have really large, really curly hair, and my worst nightmare is like a bug of some sort, let alone a huge swarm of them getting stuck in there, flapping around buzzing around my ears and my neck, that is absolutely horrific to me. Yeah, so you reckon that the the frog plague would be just less bad than a locust plague. That makes sense. Yeah, like frogs are just, they're just not going to like crawl into my hair and get stuck there. They're a little bit more meaty, so I feel like I can, you know, shove them off me a little easier. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I I don't think you're wrong. I think that frogs are probably like cuddlier than locusts <laughs> but um as we'll find out later locust plagues aren't that uncommon so maybe a surprise bunch of frogs falling from the sky would be worse i i'm not sure okay so actually this really weirded me out when i looked it up but a plague of frogs fall, like falling from the sky wouldn't actually be all that new if it did happen because apparently it's been happening throughout history <laughs> 
No, this is based on a real thing? That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So there was even a report that appeared in, uh, I think it was the July 12, 1873 issue of the Scientific American, um, and it read, a shower of frogs which darkened the air and covered the ground for a long distance is the reported result of a recent rainstorm at Kansas City, Missouri. So the current hypothesis for explaining why this all happens um, is tornadic water spouts. Um, So basically just like a tornado that forms over water. Um, And it's thought that the vortex of it can sort of suck up these low-weight aquatic animals like frogs or even fish, like, and, you know, bring them way up into the air, carry them out over the land, and then they rain down when the storm sort of loses its power over the land. That is honestly horrifying. Imagine just being that frog, like you're chilling, croaking, trying to find a mate, and then suddenly you're in a vortex and landing at a completely new spot. Assumedly, you'd land on top of a person too who's like very unhappy to see you. I just, the whole thing sounds like way worse for the frog. Yeah, actually imagine getting smacked in the face with a frog though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to imagine. That sounds awful. But, you know, speaking of real-life examples of these, like, froggy plagues, I guess, I I feel like I can't not mention our mortal enemies here in Australia, the cane toad. Um, So, like, frogs and toads both belong to the same order. It's called Anura. So I'm going to count it, all right? Fair enough. Cane toads are native to South America, but we introduced them here into Queensland in 1935 as a sort of way of controlling a, a pest species of beetles in the sugarcane industry. Um, but that proved to be a big mistake. Huge mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake. Absolutely. <laughs> Agree with you there. So now they're a pest and they're found all over the northeast of the continent and they're steadily marching westward um, at about an estimated 40 to 60 kilometres per year absolutely insane and you know distances there um and it's like this big wall of warty zombies just sort of devouring all the insects and snails poisoning the animals that try to eat them and competing with our native animals for shelter (laughs) damn cane toads so (laughs) i'm from queensland so i have like first-hand experience of cane toad hunting um which sounds really bad i guess if you're not from queensland it's like it sounds a bit barbaric but like If you see a cane toad in Australia, like in Queensland, you have to kill it. That's like your job. Your prerogative as a human being is to kill the cane toad. So like sometimes if you want to be humane about it, you can put it in a a freezer. (laughs) Okay. So just thought experiment. What if the biblical... What if the biblical plague of frogs wasn't just one species of, you know, invasive toad and instead was just all kinds of frogs? Maybe that could actually be beneficial. You know, have you heard about the amphibian disease called chytridiomycosis? It's caused by this fungus. No, I haven't heard about that frog fungus. What, can you tell me about it? Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm going to attempt this, this name of this fungus. Let's see if I can do it. Batrachochytrium dendrobatidis. That was pretty good. Uh, Yeah, pretty good. Um, In Australia, it's caused the decline of at least 43 of our 200 or so native frog species. It's really horrendous. It, like, infects through their porous skins. It means that they can't breathe properly or regulate their electrolytes properly. It's really horrible. 
So, you know, I think if we have an injection of frogs into this, you know, declining amphibian economy, it might be good for overcoming this decline in populations that we've seen. Wow. I mean, I am, okay, I mean, I was kind of on board with a frog play before, but now I'm like fully on board. Like give me some green tree frogs, give me some, oh, there's pobble bonks in Victoria, which is a frog that sounds like it's like bonk. Bonk. Can you imagine how cute that would be? It was like all these frogs like making cute little frog noises all over the place and it's like stopping a fungus. Mm, I'm on board. Give me give me a frog plague. <laughs> okay, well I'm glad that you're that you're agreeing with me so far, but I, I really think that we should hear your side of the story. What you, what have you got to tell me about these locusts? Yeah, that's true. Okay. So like, that's the thing. I I might be a little biased here because I kind of like frogs, you know, they make nice croaking noises. They're fun to touch. You've almost convinced me I'm up for a plague of frogs. Yeah, look, you can, you can go ahead and touch them. I still will not be touching any of them. (laughs) (laughs) But they've got like soft little skin. They've got like, it's kind of like, it's like a, what would you, maybe like a sunscreen or something. It's not like, it's like slimy, but in a fun way. No. Mm -hmm. Mm. we'll see (laughs) no no okay fair enough um i think locusts like i think both of us can agree that locusts might be more icky overall um and but the thing that we've got going for a plague of locusts is that australia is pretty well versed in them um we've actually got our own species called the australian plague locust and it is quite the pest in the warmer months when it rains locusts feed on new shoots and then lay lots and lots of eggs so when there's lots of locusts around and this can happen when there's lots of food they start to swarm These swarms are pretty crazy. They can move up to 20 kilometres a day and can infest areas up to 50 kilometres squared in one go. So take that, cane toads. Like, what do we say, 60 (laughs) kilometres in a year? These guys are 20 kilometres in a day. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, these have got the the toads beat. To be fair, they can, like fly so i understand why <laughs> i thought you meant the frogs and i was like what <laughs> didn't you know jacinta <laughs> they fly now <laughs> God, <laughs> awful i would definitely not take flying frogs that's yeah flying cane toads is a, is a no from me um but if you're a farmer in the area with locusts you you can guess that having them move that fast and that quickly and having so many of them is terrible for crops. It's actually worth millions of dollars in losses unless the farmer can spray insecticides to stop them from damaging these plants. Um, I've actually never seen a plague swarm though, you know, unless it was on the new Jurassic Park movie or something. They, They were really big locusts. I don't think they look like that. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the new Jurassic Park movie. I I don't think I will, I'll be honest with you. Um, But I'm pretty sure, okay, I I don't know if I've seen like locusts at like the height of the the swarm. Like I haven't been in the middle of that. But I'm pretty sure when I was younger, I'm thinking like late, yeah, early teens maybe, I was up in the the Riverland in uh, Renmark specifically in South Australia. And I think I was there like at the end of one of those swarms. So that most of them had like moved on. But when we were driving, you know, high speeds, they would just like hit the front of the car with such force just because as you drive, they'd lift up off of the ground where they were like, I don't know, maybe they were tired or something lying on, on, on the, the highway and just splatter the car. The car got absolutely 
disgusting. And then <laughs> walking down like the main street, I would I was like on my tippy toes the entire time because they were just splattered all over the ground and I was scared that some of them weren't dead and they were going to like fly up my skirt or something. <laughs> Oh my God, that is horrible. That sounds like a horrific scenario. And that must happen. This happens yearly in farming communities. So like, it's just, it's too much. It's too many locusts. Um, like, it, yeah. But importantly, what I want to stress with that is that it means that a biblical plague of locusts would still be a problem even today, but we'd be able to potentially do the same things that we're doing already with locust populations. Um but now I have a surprise reveal about locusts. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> okay. So a thing you might not know about locusts is that they're actually just grasshoppers. And why are they called locusts then? Just call them grasshoppers. Why are we making things complicated? Oh, my God. I know. It, does, it, it, it doesn't make sense at first value. Um, but so grasshoppers are normally solitary insects, right? They just hang out, chillin'. Don't worry, anybody. Um, but when there's lots of food around, their brains actually get a boost of serotonin and they start to change. So they breed more, they form social groups, as in, you know, they swarm, they start to migrate in these really large swarms. It's fascinating stuff, but it means the little old grasshopper can become a huge problem. Also, I don't know why we call them locusts, but I think it probably just makes us all feel better when we call these guys locusts instead of, like, confused grasshoppers or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it now. Like, locust does sound, like, kind of cool and a bit more menacing and, you know, it's kind of easier than having to explain, you know, the big swarm of grasshoppers who have lost their minds is coming this way. <laughs> <laughs> zombie grasshoppers? Could we call them zombie grasshoppers? I mean, <laughs> that would be, yeah, because this has been happening since like um, like ancient times because obviously it's a biblical plague of locusts, you know. It existed at some point or another. So potentially they might not have known that locusts were the same as grasshoppers as well. So I'm not sure if that's true, but it could be. It's very ancient. Makes sense to me. Mm. Um, the final thing that might just make a plague of locusts better than a plague of frogs is the edible factor. So grasshoppers have been used as a food since at least the 16th century. Now, Emma, have you ever had a grasshopper? I mean, eaten, eaten a grasshopper, I mean. Like, look me in the eye, Jacinta, and, like, really tell me, do you think I have ever eaten a grasshopper? Like, I'm turning this back on you. I, I mean, you're into, like, biodiversity and looking after the environment, so maybe... Okay, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> look, the only way that you're going to get me to ingest an insect voluntarily is crushing it up into like a powder and adding it to something else that I can eat and forget that I am eating an insect because my brain is very strange and I wouldn't be able to open my mouth, let alone touch the fully formed bug and bring it towards my face and then into my mouth and then close my jaw and crunch it up and, and like you, you can see where I'm going with this yeah well you're not gonna get it with that attitude that's all I'm saying <laughs> horrible okay but um I have eaten one and okay I believe that <laughs> <laughs> that's so rude <laughs> No, no, no. Oh. It just means that you're you're a lot more adventurous than I am, Jacinta. Yeah, the, the vibes check out, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so it happened while I was in Japan and, you know, there was just like a, a bunch of dried insects and you they were flavoured with something nice. Um, and they're not as bad as you might think. It's kind of like... I think it's like a prawn. A prawn's probably a good example. It's like crunchy but tasty. Like it, it really. I love prawns. Yeah, well, prawns are basically just the insects of the sea. So you're halfway there. Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting convinced. I'm getting convinced. <laughs> um, okay, so so more recently though, um, like we've been doing this for a long time, right? The 16th century, grasshoppers have been used as food in like Mexico, in Japan, in China, lots of different places. Um, But more recently, companies have been cultivating grasshoppers on special grasshopper farms to be able to use them as a more sustainable protein source. So already 13% of the insects consumed worldwide are grasshoppers or crickets. And crickets specifically are sold as a cricket flower just like you mentioned before. So you might have had them already. You just didn't know about it. Just been eating cricket flour. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> um, so there's actually 240 species of grasshoppers that are edible, including the Australian plague locust. So assumedly we'd be able to capture and eat the locusts if they ate all of our crops. Okay. You make a, you make a fantastic point, but now that you mention it, I suppose that we could also eat the frogs too because frog legs are a delicacy in France and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name of that dish. Um, I know Italian. I do not know French. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But, yeah, you can't do that with the poor frogs, though. You just said how you're going to rewild them into the universe and then, you know, try and get rid of the chytrid fungus. You can't. (laughs) You can't then eat them. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We'll just choose the ones that aren't native to Australia, eat those ones, let the other ones, you know, go wild and free. I actually, I really wonder what they would taste like, I think. Some sort of fishy chicken, some sort of aquatic chicken. (laughs) Have you eaten frog leg? You haven't. No, no, no. I have been to France, but I have not, um, didn't attempt that. No, fair enough. I mean, I'd probably give it a go if a frog's leg was on offer, but I don't know. I feel like if we've got this chance of all these extra frogs, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna eat them if we don't have to. <laughs> they need their legs if they want to like run away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. True. True. Um, I reckon, Emma, you've got me on this one. Frogs would be a less bad plague than locusts. Um, but really, does that mean that I secretly won? Because mine was worse. Okay, look, you know, if you're the one cursing us with the plague, Jacinta, do you truly want me to suffer as much as possible or do you want to give me the slightly easier option? Because, you know, if so, I don't know if we can continue to be friends. So I think that I won categorically. This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our daily news stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's last print science magazine. 